Hi guys, this episode has frank discussions of domestic violence, depression, and suicide. If that's not for you, please feel free to skip this episode for now. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And this is a very special episode. Um, We have a guest here this morning and afternoon for some people. (laughs) Yeah, so we have uh, Maya Williams with us. (laughs) And how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, we're going to talk about The Secret Life of Bees, which is directed in, or sorry, it was released in 2008. Yep. And, uh, directed by Gina Prince Blythewood, who I think we have done one movie on. Yes, done- we have done her, like the movie <laughs> she's most widely known by. Yeah. The most popular movie, Love yep. and Basketball, which. If you have listened to the episode, we were like, this is not necessarily a romance in the way that- No, it is not. A romance, abso- y'all. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, nobody should be dunked on in the name of love. Ever. No, no, no. That's, we have to, we, we're, we're leading the charge against that, against that movie and that, that trope specifically. But this one is a little different. This movie is a little bit more of like a coming of age story. But before we get into the movie itself, um, we just want to ask Maya a little bit a few questions because she's here to talk about her new poetry book, um, G- Judas and Suicide. I guess in the spirit of James Lipton, the noted god of Inside the Actor's Studio, <laughs> uh, we just wanted to ask, you know, who are you and what do you do? Like, what do you consider yourself to be? Um, I'm a poet based in Portland, Maine. Um, I'm, I'm an actor, I'm a community care program coordinator for a nonprofit in Maine. Um, I, I write for the internet sometimes I've written essays about films. Um, and yeah, this first book is coming out. This first poetry collection is coming out, which I'm really excited for. Um, especially because of how it talks specifically about, uh, religion and, and, me- and mental health in a way that I've wanted to articulate it for a while. And and I know that I ended up, I, I, I remember emailing y'all and going like, we could do either one of these movies. I don't know which one. And then I was like, no, wait, we're going to do this one. Yeah. Uh, because there's, because uh, there's re- uh, re- religion and suicidality in, in the secret life of bees that I wish was talked about more. So. Right. Right. Yeah. This is kind of a surprise. I think this is like, uh, maybe a movie that's a little bit more left field than, than we would have picked originally. Because <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I remember this movie I think I just I don't know I also kind of confuse this movie with Akila and the Bee a lot and I think that was the other thing we kept having to like re like re-remind ourselves we're like Brittany what is that movie we're watching Brittany's like is that the Spelling Bee movie and I'm like I don't think that's the Spelling Bee movie <laughs> yeah like I this movie came around in a time where I was kind of like missing out on some films and it kind of put me in the mind like since it's set in the 60s in the south it was like around the time like when the help came out and I'm right like, he like is it like this but no it was quite a different story yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, so I wanted to ask too, since you do all these things aside from writing, I guess this kind of puts my questions into like a little bit of a different perspective, but like, where do you all, like, did you always consider yourself to be a writer and you know, what led you to writing into poetry specifically? Yeah, I've always considered myself a writer. I've been writing since, uh, since a young age. Um, but then what led me to, uh, cause first, uh, I was into performance poetry uh, in like late in like late high school, early college, and was competing in a lot of slam venues before I started uh, pu- publishing poetry more regularly. I enjoy learning about like other writers' processes and like where they find inspiration. So, like, how did this project come together? This project came together uh, from initially writing the title poem "Judas and Suicide" because of how like way way too often at least in the family that that I've that I've grown up in there's been this idea around oh you cannot take away the one gift god gave you your life and therefore that is a sin and i'm over here like why though um and there and then going back to the text about about judas and that being the most well known story in the bible about about suicide as far as far as like like this idea around comparing to what he did to himself being just as bad as what he did to Jesus. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Um, and then that led to writing, writing more poems about like, okay, where else does suicide take place in the Bible and writing the response to that. I noticed there's like this kind of connecting like tissue between like a lot of the poems you'll kind of reach back and, and reference something that you mentioned like in an earlier page and, or like kind of have like a follow-up to that um like original text so i wanted to ask um especially like you have the ones i noticed like i think is the most obvious is the one where um it's called if you stop crying it won't hurt as much yeah um which mentions like i mean basically tears different points of like crying Mm -hmm. and also people being kind of like you know stop crying and then it won't hurt and um and you at the end i mean i guess spoilers (laughs) at the end you kind of get to a more of a point where crying feels like more or like showing emotion feels like a more of like a healthier thing I would say um so what like led you to becoming like more comfortable like vulnerability especially as it relates to like creativity therapy um (laughs) (laughs) there's too often this narrative where it's like oh writing is my therapy and it's like no therapy is therapy Mm. writing is a form of release it is not therapy um and yeah being able to work through things in in therapy before writing about it has been really helpful for me personally um for for sure and also it's like and I and I appreciate you bringing these poems up too because in the last poem like there there's a line that talks about how like the tears clearly hurt they really, really hurt, um, but there's still that release in the end. So, so like, so it makes sense why, as good as like, even though the impact wasn't was not the best, like the intentions were there as far as like, oh well, if you stop crying, it won't it won't hurt as much, sort of thing. And then, but then of course you see the impact of the the negative impacts of that, and then you and then you see how like yeah yeah no the tears fucking hurt they were right about that uh but they were not right about like how they wouldn't cause a sense of release because they do cause a sense of release yeah I I wonder actually because I feel like we've talked about that a little bit on this podcast I cannot remember the episode um but I know we've talked a little bit about you know releasing your emotions and how it's not Mm -hmm. healthy to just be like 
I don't have any emotions at all. <laughs> like, I think that's such a strange thing for people to brag about because I, I wonder also like what they consider to be emotions because like anger is definitely an emotion and most people don't have any issue with showing that, but um, mm -hmm. crying seems to be like the thing that's just like, absolutely not. I will not, <laughs> I won't show that. And sometimes you need a good cry. Like, yeah, it helps. That was one of my favorite um, themes, like pieces in the book. I mm -hmm. really enjoyed those. Thank works. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You so I definitely love when you kind of like call back to things. I love when authors like call back to things. You're like, oh, wait, <laughs> let me go back and <laughs> connect it. And, you know, yeah. So I really liked that. And I liked the one too. Um, I think it's called Extension, where you're talking yeah. about being like a young teen, early teens, kind mm -hmm. of fighting along with, or I guess maybe fighting against the, I guess how you're supposed to be feminine, especially like um, at that time, usually people are like in the middle, middle of puberty or hitting puberty. And, and that's kind of when the uh, women in your life start to get really aggy <laughs> about mm -hmm. how you express your um, femininity. Because yeah. I remember when I was a girl, I was definitely like a baggy t-shirt, which I mean, obviously I'm still a baggy t-shirt girl. <laughs> um, baggy t-shirts and, you know, baggy jeans kind of girl. And my mom was always like, why <laughs> do you want to be like a little skater girl? Like what is wrong with you? She like could mm. not understand it. And so I thought that was very interesting, especially when you get to like this movie, because the girl in question really isn't that like, quote unquote, like traditionally feminine she's kind of right. more tomboyish I really appreciate you calling that poem to attention because I remember in the early stages working with my editor I was going like mm, I don't know whether or not this poem needs to be in the collection you know the main the primary focus is this I'm not making that as a primary focus and my editor was like no no this is related especially when it comes to like the poems you write of being of being a t of being a teenager and having to navigate other uh, other mental health related things that's connected to appearance that is connected to like how strict the gender binary is like I think you need to include this poem here. So yeah, yeah, I'm hoping I know I'm not like the only one, <laughs> so I'm hoping more people get to like read that because um, I feel like we all kind of went through that. I guess if we want to get into the movie at hand um I did like a slight digging of of this movie because I actually couldn't figure out like how it came to Gina at all like I couldn't right I didn't know I all I dug up was that she never wanted to do a period piece yeah um and then I guess like somebody sent the book to her the script and she said that she'd never seen black women portrayed like this before um, it says she wanted to bring them to life and, she, you know, she liked how they all had like natural hair, like not, I don't think it's called out in the movie, but, you know, they all mm -hmm. have some form of natural hair. Um, and uh, she, I guess she was worried that some of the actresses wouldn't want to do that. Um, it's like how their hair natural. And so she was a little worried about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but she said they all had fun with it and how, had fun with the clothes and, also, she told this really weird story about how she did a Spike Lee on Jennifer Hudson <laughs> in a store. Did you read that, Brittany? <laughs> Please tell me. I didn't come across that one. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is an, um, an interview with Essence Magazine where she 
says that she kind of had Jennifer Hudson go to a store um, and it was kind of like an improv thing where she had these white actors in a drugstore and she said, come meet me and Dakota, Dakota Fanning there. And um, I guess Jennifer didn't, it didn't click to Jennifer that it was an improvisation. <laughs> this is like an acting exercise, but like she had one of the like shopkeepers like follow her around and one called mm. an inward and she was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was, I guess it was supposed to get her into character but I also was like because she had just come off her Oscar win and I was like that's actually not <laughs> the best no yeah. it's not that is that is not a trauma-informed way to do that at all yeah whatsoever. I like, thought it was strange yeah it was uh no <laughs> and, and I I listened to the film commentary for the for the movie and um there's this there's a scene where Dakota Fanning's character uh, kneels in grits because uh, she's because uh, she's a she's a victim of domestic violence in this household. Um, and in the commentary, she she says she says something like like well 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 you know I I kneeled in the grits first before did before Dakota kneeled in it because I didn't want Dakota to kneel in it unless I unless I did it first to know whether or not she could handle it. And I'm just over here like why why wh- there's nothing wrong with having fake grits there why are you harming a 13 year old actor oh no yeah that could have been like styrofoam (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there's a little bit too much realism in that sense because especially since like she was she said that uh for jennifer the hardest thing was feeling invisible and i was like i feel like jennifer wouldn't be i mean she's been famous for a while but i don't know if that's like an uncommon feeling <laughs> right or like that's like a like a weird feeling for her like I would think you know I don't know it was a weird it was a weird interview I mean you know yeah. she seemed very happy to do the movie like to direct the movie but I was also like what's going on <laughs> what's going on there what's happening um but I guess for people who don't know this is actually a movie based on a book um a fiction book by Sue Monk Kidd and was published in 2001. And from what I read, um, it was pretty almost exact to the book, um, minus like a few scenes. Um, yeah, just like, just about, yeah. Yeah, like I think the movie theater scene was the one that was kind of uh, the biggest change because it was supposed to be like a store. Um, but for the most part, everything was pretty set. Um, I love everybody that they picked <laughs> i love yeah. queen latifah in this movie yes oh my god she's so good i was watching it again last night and i was like oh i wish my queen, like i want her to sit with me and talk to me about bees <laughs> no that's right yeah. she looks so like i don't know like i don't ever consider the queen latifah to be like maternal i don't know how other people feel about that but yeah like this is one of the first movies that she gave a maternal vibe like in all the films and movie, well, all the films and TV shows she's been in, she's always been like the leader. Like she's yeah. the person that you go to for advice. Like Khadijah James, like if you have a problem, <laughs> you go to Khadijah, she'll solve it. Um, but she's never really mothering other people. Has she played a mother? She played like a surrogate mother and uh, bringing down the house. Oh, yeah. She had to take care of them kids. And like she's been playing moms like in the in like the last the last five 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 years of her career five mm-hmm. to ten years of her career but yeah 
for us, we've talked about two other Queen Latifah movies. We've talked about Set It Off and we talked about uh, Chicago. And both of those are like <laughs> not the same. To, like her role is completely different in this movie to those like entirely. So I thought that was very interesting because she's like very soft and warm mm-hmm. and and you just want to like, I want to hug her. <laughs> I want her to yeah. hug me. And I love... Um, Alicia Keys too. I did not yeah. realize that she hasn't really done anything else. I um, wish she would do more, but of course that's up to her. I don't. I don't want her to feel pressure. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, she seems like she's. I think she's going on tour again this year or something. So I guess she's huh. busy with that. But I was surprised. I was like, oh, I because I didn't realize she was in this movie. And I was like, oh, oh, wait, this is. I really like her <laughs> so it's like does she done anything else and she's done like two other things before this and that was I think this is the last like where she's playing a character I think she was in Jim and the holograms playing herself which doesn't really <laughs> according to Brittany doesn't really count no like if you're not doing like a heightened version of yourself then no you just you with a the camera there yeah so and I haven't seen it I haven't seen Jim in a hologram, so I don't know. Like, it was like a cameo, you know, like, hi, I'm Alicia Keys, you know. So, because <laughs> it might have been one of those. And then it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, a, I came in for a day and got paid 50 grand or something, you know. And Sophie uh, Okanedo is May, um, mm-hmm. which I thought her role was very interesting. And I also was trying to figure out what else I had seen her there's, in. There's actually so much different um, from the, there's so much context missing from the book that they don't add to the movie when it comes to May, especially when it comes to her sister, April, that died. Yeah, I thought that was interesting how they kind of cut that out, which we could talk about once we get into the movie. But I thought it was like almost kind of like, what was the choice behind yeah. it? Because yeah. it's not like a sub. Now I say it's a surprise, but it seems mm-hmm. kind of like it's like a missing thing from mm-hmm. May's story that they kind of left out, which I thought was a little odd. Yeah. yeah, they don't bring it up in the like in the in the commentary, and like I don't know if there are any inter- interviews out there where they ask them about it either. But I don't know. Maybe it was just like maybe this is a little bit too dark. <laughs> they were like, "Hold on, let's we're trying to create like a nice little." warm bubble for Dakota Fanning <laughs> but like there's yeah. there's also context around June's character because like because you know in the movie she plays the cello and everything mm-hmm. um like in the book she plays the cello specifically at at funerals for uh or like as people are passing on and it's like there's <laughs> so oh. much could have been done with this okay. uh, but, but but there was an interview where one of the producers were like we want to make June more accessible and I'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> um, like her character it, it comes off abrasive mm-hmm. which is what I like about June like she's a very like abrasive character like she has a strong will strong mind like she is ready to go to war for what her beliefs are and I feel like maybe that piece would have, like, for me, would have added to her character. Um, right. It just made me like her more. But- yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like, too, when they had the part where she didn't want to get married, but they wouldn't say why she didn't want to get married. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was like, can you, like, elaborate? Like, I mean, um, I know August says, that's Queen Latifah's character. She says, um, 
something like I wanted like I was in love before and he wanted to get married but I didn't and I because I love my freedom more and I was like is that what she's feeling like is she scared that she's gonna be locked mm-hmm. in the house because this is 1964 <laughs> and mm-hmm. as progressive as her and her boyfriend unfortunately played by Nate Parker as for as progressive as they are trying to be in this new right. civil rights era like I also feel like you know those gender roles coming back in the book uh the last person she was gonna marry had had left her at the altar see we could have got that like, exactly <laughs> this movie isn't even i mean it's like two hours but like they could have maybe added that in i don't know <laughs> that's i don't want a movie to tell me everything but i'm like that was sure. a little bit of a piece that could have been mentioned in passing or something but instead they have may say she's too scared like <laughs> yeah yeah I thought that was, I, I kind of wanted to ask like I hadn't seen this movie before I think Brittany you hadn't seen this movie before no this is a first watch yeah so wow. I guess everybody's relationship is kind of like a new but we kind of knew it and I guess you've read the book yeah I've I've seen this movie in theaters um and I read I read the book uh, when I was younger so it was interesting coming back to the book the 27 year old uh because like because I remember remembering things about the book where where I'm like hmm um and then and then reading the book again in preparation for this like and I'm just over here like Sue Monk kid how much of this is you uh fetishizing black women but then again how much of this is you trying to portray exactly what a white girl in the 60s is processing and it's it's complicated yeah, yeah. Some of the 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 um lines that they would give Dakota, and I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I was like, not this, no, <laughs> um, because she's very like naive. Like she's fourteen. I can't do how to remind myself. This is a fourteen year old child. <laughs> So mm-hmm. she did not know everything but sometimes I was like look around look where yep. you live you were in exactly. South Carolina in 1964 <laughs> it is not no walk in the park <laughs> Brittany how did you feel about Dakota in this in this movie um come on it, it, it was it was complicated like yeah, yeah, yeah. because like you you she's not raised she wasn't raised in a bubble like she can she's old enough to see the world around her she can see how um jennifer hudson's character is treated on the day-to-day like she is mindful of that like how is rosaline treated Mm -hmm. every day you you know because you're 14 years old you're a teenager you're you're 13 going on 14 you know you see how like you were able to warn her when we're going into the city. You're watching the news. You see the Civil Rights Act get passed. Mm-hmm. So you are mindful of your world. Yeah. And yet you, and I understand having like childlike innocence about certain things and not being aware of certain things, but you you know where you are. You know mm-hmm. what's going on around you. So you should be a little bit more, with it yeah in ways that she's not and I understand that is probably she's probably a little bit you know still coping with the death and grief dealing with her mother and I know that definitely plays a role into it as well um Mm. but it yeah 
Yeah. You know, like my feelings on Dakota's character in a lot of ways are just like, it, it's complicated. Yeah. There's a couple of times I was like, girl, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we saying? It's even worse in the, in the book. Like, cause on one end it's like, they do depict like, they, as we talked about, like literally everything from, from the book. And at the same time, like, like, I think, I think like, because this, this film is in, is in the hands of, of a black woman. She's like, we're going to try to soften the blows a, a little bit. Because in the book, it's like, what the, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, it's even worse. And it's, and it's like, I don't need your comments about colorblindness right now, young lady. Stop it. Oh, gosh. Um, like, <laughs> and we were just talking um, in our last episode um, about The Shape of Water, where we talked about Melissa Joan Hart and her Instagram post from 2020 with Shirley Temple and and it's like no that's not that's not the way to go like yeah. no yeah I was trying to be like okay this is a teenager so let me be a little bit more sensitive because when I was 14 I was also an idiot but like you know <laughs> we don't really get to be that dumb for that long as young black girls so I don't know. Sometimes I was like, I just can't with you, Miss Miss Girl. So right. Um, so yeah, so like we said, this is set in 1964. Lily um lives with her father named T Ray, which at first I was like, is that her stepfather? Because I don't know many young Southern girls that call their dads by anything but dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is her actual father. Um, the opening shot is or opening scene is. Uh, her mother kind of being yelled at and roughed up by her father and Lily, four-year-old Lily tries to give her mother a gun that she has dropped and accidentally shoots her mother. Of course, she's four years old, so she doesn't really understand the context of what has happened, only like the magnitude, which is, of course, like she has lost her mother and she is stuck with this abusive man. Um, And, you know, she tries to keep her mother's memory alive because all her dad will tell her is that her dad her mother left her and didn't want her basically which I was like why would you tell <laughs> I know why like we t- it, it gets explored at the end but I was like mm-hmm. why would you do that to her like like you throw graham crackers and marshmallows out the house for the yeah. roaches yeah he's he's he laughs at the things that she would do to yeah. express kindness um, and things that she learned while with the boat rights, which we will get to. She is treated pretty badly. At one point, she knows she's out there with her uh, mother's like things that she has buried in like their peach orchard. And he assumes that she's out there having sex <laughs> with somebody because she's got her shirt unbuttoned. Yeah. And he drags her in the house and makes her kneel on a pile of grits for an hour, which I've never heard of that. I mean... I, when I was watching this scene, I assumed that she would be kneeling in rice. Um, That's what I thought. Mm. Grits is worse. Mm. Yeah. Cause like, that is something that people did to other people as punishment. Yeah. Uh, I'd never heard of that as a punishment before, but I was like, no, that sounds, that sounds on brand. I don't know why, but it just feels on brand for this. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, he makes her stand like lean, kneel on them for an hour. Um, her mother or sorry her well it's kind of her mother kind of her best friend I don't know (laughs) how would you describe Rosaline Rosaline is their hired housekeeper black woman of course she's pretty young at least 
um, but not young enough that she cannot go attempt to vote, which is what she tries to do um, after the Civil Rights Act has been passed. She wants to register to vote. And um, they go to, I don't know, I guess wherever the registration office is in town. And um, these group of white men pop up out of nowhere, keeping to the codes of society. And they say, you will not be registering here. Um, also, they don't talk to Rosalind at all. They talk to Lily. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. Rosalind can't speak, which is why she ends up um, dumping snuff juice, which is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. I was like, is that molasses? And then I rewound it and I was like, no, that is stuff she's been spitting. Yeah. Which I have seen somebody do like do snuff in person and it is not, it looks bad. (laughs) So I was like, on the one hand, I get why you're so upset, Sarah, but also on the other hand, like you're asking her, you're asking her white employer or 14 year old employer is she a, a smart nigger or a dumb nigger and right inspecting her not to say anything so she ends up spelling her name and tobacco snuff and mm-hmm. gets beaten and is arrested um and t-ray forces lily to like leave her basically mm-hmm. like well mm-hmm. we'll just find another one or something so it was kind of it was a little bit much for those first like 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was like, this is this is wild. Um, but also too, it's it's like, I think this is like probably the earliest example of how like societal codes are enforced, particularly by white people. Um, and also how Lily seems a little naive, God bless her. Um, <laughs> because they end up, she ends up running away from T-Ray and packs all her stuff. She brings her mother's um, keepsake, which is like a image of a black Madonna with the word T-Brone, South Carolina, written on the back. And she goes and frees Rosaline from the hospital because they've got her in there. They've beaten her so badly and they've got her um, like tied to the bed. Um, very inhumane. And um, of course, Lily's able to do this because she's a young white girl and gets unnoticed mm-hmm. by the cops. They don't really wonder why this girl has snuck in here after dark and been like, okay, bye. And they end up living in the woods for the night um, after hitchhiking. And I hated this so much <laughs> when mm-hmm. they're arguing and Lily's like, you should have apologized. Yeah, that was, yeah. <sighs> how do we feel i'm assuming we all feel the same <laughs> how do we feel there's no there's no way right like, there's no way i would ever apologize and i i mm-hmm. also would have dumped the snuff juice on that man's feet and told mm-hmm. him to go fuck himself um <laughs> but she again she she doesn't understand she doesn't understand right. why it was so offensive to what was said to rosaline like Mm-hmm. He insulted her intelligence. She he called her a slur. Like, yeah. and Lily doesn't get it. And she was going to go express her right as a citizen of America to vote that she just got yesterday. Mm-hmm. And she was insulted of this ma- magnitude on the way there. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, all, you, all you had to do was say you're sorry, and then we we wouldn't even be in this mm-hmm. situation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, mm-mm. Cause it's like a form of like dehumanization basically. Like you, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I'm supposed to like look down when I'm around you for the rest of my life. Like, what? right. <laughs> and she tells herself. Like they literally just started recognizing me as a person. Yeah. Yesterday. And that's and only. I'm going to make sure that it's happening today. Mm-hmm. That's what I was on my way to do. Yeah. I'm not saying sorry for shit. Right. Which is weird too, because when they're walking to town, Lily is like, didn't a, somebody die in Mississippi trying to do like vote? And she's like, well, I, she's like, well, it's, it's not Mississippi. That's where Rosaline's thing is. Like, a good thing we're not in Mississippi. Now. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, it's, it's the same pervasive attitude across like the majority of the South at that time. Um, and possibly part other parts of America, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not just, an, you know, a piece of paper does not really change anything, which I think Rosaline ends up saying later. It's just like, yeah. it's just a piece of paper. So she's kind of been like broken down. But also I feel like as a grown woman, having a 14 year old child <laughs> tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like what and also and also like throwing in her face like oh I go and get you out of there this is how you fake me yeah I think too she says like you weren't really coming to get me you only left because of whatever your dad said to you mm-hmm. so exactly. it's like it wasn't exactly altruistic and you we have a picture of a black Madonna that's what we're following this is our clue so yeah. like you you cannot go wherever this this picture is taking you by yourself. This is obvious. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go there by yourself. So you you need you need me, baby girl. You need me. Yeah. It's kind of weird too, because like Lily has all the access in like every city that they go to or town that they go to. But like <laughs> I need my black housekeeper to help me locate this other this black symbol. They end up making it to T-Brown where they find the owner of Black Madonna Honey. Um, August Boatwright and her sisters May and June, which is a joke about why they're all named after calendar (laughs) months um, because their mother loves spring and summer. And they end up taking in Lily and Rosaline. Um, Rosaline is like bleeding heavily still. And they're all kind of like, June especially is like, I don't know about this one. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no. Mm-mm, I don't know. Gonna no. Stay here. Yeah, I don't know where you're gonna yeah. go, but not here. Like you could take some honey to go or something, but this is not. <laughs> this is not your last stop. Because <laughs> Lily makes this whole lie about her aunt and mm-hmm. somebody's got surgery and I can't get trained here right now and blah blah blah. So August is kind of like, well, I know they're in trouble, but like I can't leave them. Um, and you know june is very very hesitant but she um so august is the bee is a beekeeper and basically the family matriarch like we said she's very maternal family thief is very maternal i just want to hug her i just want her to hug me (laughs) i feel like she'd be good at giving hugs and june is a young activist um a cellist and a music teacher which i also read that alicia keys learned the cello and like four she weeks. did yeah. yeah which of course she's like a classically trained pianist yeah. <laughs> you know the notes and everything probably come easy but um yeah i thought that was really interesting i wish we had seen her play more mm-hmm. we hear her play but we don't always see her playing yeah um and then may is I don't know if May is the younger sister. May is is supposed to be the the youngest, but yeah, clearly between the a- actresses, like Alicia Keys was the youngest at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah but she's she's so like no nonsense that she feels like the older of between the two of them um Meg is kind of like I don't know she's I don't say like she's like the cook of the family but she cooks a lot she cooks a lot she makes a lot of um things for like the family and their friends she sews um she had a twin sister named April who they only say that she died but in the book Mm -hmm. she actually like she shoots herself with a shotgun yeah like their father's shotgun and they didn't bring that into this story at all which Mm -hmm. I was kind of like I guess how do you bring that into this story without it the tone changing dramatically (laughs) I don't know how did you feel about that Brittany so learning this little bit of information it kind of puts May's story more into context Mm -hmm. um because we'll we'll get there for me you know what happens toward the latter part of the film was kind of like jarring like it was Mm -hmm. like a a shift in the tone Mm -hmm. of like where we thought may like like where we thought everything was gonna go um Mm -hmm. but understanding like what she wanted like what what her wants were in context to like her sibling her her other family members I I understand it better It, it puts her character into more pers- uh, perspective and I'm like okay I, I I understand I understand things can be heavy things are heavy and I, I get it yeah yeah how yeah. did you feel about that Maya because like it's not a matter of how like because I because I don't think with without without the without the context it it would have been any less any less jarring to to me because of how impulsive suicidality can be um so that's so that's not where I am with it I'm just more so uh, I'm just more so upset around like this like this is such a well a well-rounded thing to to talk to talk about and to sweep it under the rug by just saying like oh and April died it was like the whole world became her twin sister it's like no there's so much more to that because like this twin sister was 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 suffering because because she's like oh there's all this stuff suffering around me like like my my dad tells me like oh that's just the way things are like suffering exists for you as a young as a young black girl um and then and then she and then she shoots herself because because of it and then you have may feeling a lot of the weight of a lot of the systemic issues as well and interpersonal issues and um so yeah i just wish that that context was there yeah because they kind of explain it as like they you know twins they usually kind of feel each other's I'm not a twin but what I have heard about <laughs> twins from you know my extensive research on Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen um they, feel, <laughs> <laughs> they you know feel each other's like they just have this sense about each other all the time that's like some like weird connection that they you know feel and you know even twin twins will like sometimes speak to each other in like another language that they've made up i probably mentioned that i have like several sets of twins in my family oh um, i did not know do, that yeah i have many cousins who are twins growing up with them they do have a very close relationship and they do have means of like communicating with each other in ways that you have no idea what they're talking about especially <laughs> as like 
when they're pre-language, like when they're babies, like they they know exactly what's going on between them. But you're like, what? Yeah. Like, what's going on? I like from an outsider, like observing, I could understand the closeness and relationships between twins. Mm-hmm. But and I'm I'm, I'm going to have to ask. I'm going to ask one of one set, like at least one, <laughs> one of the many sets. Yeah, get some first person research for us. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your research. Because I don't have any twins in my family. I think I oh, know like my friend's stepdad has a lot of twins in his family, apparently. Um, so I just know like basically like what I've read and heard. But they do talk about um, May, like after her sister died like the whole world became her sister I guess so I guess that's their way of saying like she went from just being able to feel like what her sister could feel for to be able to feel what everybody can feel which I know people loved I think we're done with the whole like I'm an empath thing on the internet thank god I think people mm. have finally stopped <laughs> saying sure. that and claiming yeah. that because it was getting a little crazy um but to her I feel like she just can feel the weight of everything all the time because she has mm. this um wailing wall that she's constructed in the back of the house and she sticks notes in it one of the notes was the um the little girls that were killed in Birmingham like she just Mm -hmm. is writing out things so it's not even like things are just happening in her circle in her town Mm -hmm. it's like everything it's like kind of like when the news gets to be really a lot and you just like okay no more twitter for the rest of the day something else i gotta do something else i'll be on tumblr i'll be on pinterest something mm. but um she kind of is just taking it all in and there's just kind of no i don't know there's like no discussion of like how to how they tried to manage that other than institutionalizing her that's the only thing they that doctors will tell them that they can do because it's so complex on one end it's like these are the only tools that the Boatwright sisters have at the time, especially because like both the book and the movie are are uh, are consistent as far as like like uh, when taking May to doctors, their only their only suggestion was was to was to yeah uh, institutionalize her. Um, and of course, like for for uh, for for black women being institutionalized, that's, that's going to be a, like so much worse. Yeah, um, and there's there's so much research when it comes to like psych wards being tied to the prison industrial complex as well, and it's just like so again a black woman in that setting it's like absolutely not. Um, so you have this wailing wall, and and I be- and like on and it's and it's very practical, and I'm glad that it makes sense, and I'm glad that it's connected to like their spiritual and religious community in a way, but and at the same time it's like. It's like what would have happened if, like, if y'all went to the Wailing Wall with her? What would have happened if y'all actually talked through any of the things she was writing about, so that it wasn't just this, like, oh, like, oh, honey, go to the wall and fin- and finish your cry, and you know, come back later, um, and w- and what have you. Um, in in the in the book, uh, they they mention that sometimes they they give uh, they give her baths so that like she could like feel feel like the the troubles are wa- washed away from from her and and I have mixed feelings about that too because because it's like on one end it's like sure it's soothing but like are you ex- externally processing anything right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. 
yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's not malicious on their part. Absolutely not. Um, and it's not like what it could be, which is like something that is pervasive today, which is like, pray it away and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like they don't do that to her. I feel like they were trying to give her her space, you know? Um, but I also feel like, yeah, like if they had just kind of had the wherewithal to be like, okay, let's talk this through. Like, why do you feel like this? And maybe she's not able to talk it through or express it verbally that's why she has to write so maybe they should like I don't know write together I don't know I don't Mm -hmm. know like what's the best like way because it's like you know there's so many wrong ways to approach it and Mm -hmm. there's so many ways that you can attempt to approach it where it's still not right (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I feel like they're just trying to do what they know but yeah I feel right. like if this is in like a modern era it me- might be a little different if this sure. is told in like a modern story um mm-hmm. but also too like I don't know some people are still wary about therapy and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes sometimes I read stuff online and I'm just like are you sure you're going to an, an actual therapist like mm-hmm. that doesn't isn't encouraging your weird narcissistic tendency right <laughs> I really like are or my therapist we- said, weapon- yeah weaponizing the language therapists use for your yeah, own personal game yeah that's what it's feeling like right now because I feel like some people are just kind of like oh my therapist said I don't have to listen to anybody or I don't owe anybody <laughs> anything and I'm just like that's not how life works girl I don't think that yeah exactly the right things at all like it's a little bit upsetting that that's what you think that's what they if they told you that like I hope I hope they're explaining a little bit further or is that what you took from it? Cause if that's what you're taking from it, maybe you need to be going to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's a little concerning how you could have the words and you can have like the, I don't know, the experience of talking to someone, but still take it from like a completely different place <laughs> entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wish they had done some, I don't think they ever looked at the wall. I think Lily was the only one who like looked at the wall, like looked yeah. at the notes in the wall. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. you touching, it's like touching her private yeah, diary. Exactly. T- yeah. yeah. <laughs> like those are not for you to read. Yeah. I was like, wait, put that back. No, wait, you know, you're not supposed to touch things that don't belong to you. Ask first, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it's out there and open. So I don't know. Yeah. And everybody, everybody knows, but it, it still is like, okay wait let's 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 back it up back that yeah like not you know wait a minute <laughs> but um I didn't see all the notes the one with the um with the girls was the only one I remembered um, yeah but there's a lot of notes she's got a note for pretty much every time something has like kind of triggered her which is pretty often I mean even when she's talking about April she goes out to the wall basically contact not context but like it wasn't like a direct thing I don't know like sometimes they would just like say something in like May which is kind of be like okay I can't deal with this I can't deal with this bye and it wasn't almost sometimes I was like I don't know what triggers her and what doesn't trigger her and sure yeah I was kind of like oh maybe they don't even know like how to deal with this beyond just kind of bathing her and giving her her this outlet that they've given her in the commentary they had talked about, like when we first see see her in the house, when we first see her cry and you and um and August goes like, May go to the wall and finish your cry. Audience members always laugh 
when they when they first see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I remember seeing it in theaters and and again hearing audience audience members laugh like long before I listened to this commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then uh, but then they continue to talk about how like they laugh a couple more times and then they're like, oh, this isn't funny. And it's, yeah. and it's like, and, and it's like, well, it, and it's like, well, it was never funny. You're just very un- uncomfortable with her sadness right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, when she, it's kind of like, she just becomes like nonverbal um, and she like hums and she starts kind of like almost like crying. And so they're just like, oh, like, I don't know what just happened. And then, um, and then it happens more and you're just like, oh wait, no, this is like, this is like a thing like this is not something that's easily solvable or funny which I didn't think it was funny I was just kind of like oh wait exactly she going through it wait hold on what's going on and then um yeah I feel like the walls should be a very good indication that you know she's not um handling things well Mm -hmm. um but I mean aside from like a lot of like you know the wall in May um, I know Rosalie says something like, like it's kind of like they have their own special place, like removed from the world. Cause this is a really mm-hmm. nice like house. Like they have a two story house, yeah. they have a bee area. They have all these, um, I don't know, bee boxes. I'm not a beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> not really well researched in the art of beekeeping, but um, they just have a lot of land. They have a lot yeah. of land and it feels very like Eden-ish. To me which I thought was interesting um so I wanted to ask um if you could like make your own sort of like boat right Eden like what kind of place would it be oh my gosh uh, <laughs> and and oh my goodness and also unfortunately I don't like bugs um <laughs> and so the boat rates are all like are like oh the bees are everything because they make the honey and like the bees are the mother and I'm just like uh-uh <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i guess my uh but uh but my haven would uh would be in a place with less bugs uh, <laughs> but yeah pretty remote and making sure there's there's enough space to see see a nice sun sunset um something like that yeah. what did you do so you know love off the grid <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Oh gosh, did you finally watch it? Oh, I, I watched Love Off the Grid. And you, I'm not going to mention who you think I'm going to mention because okay. I'm not building a house from scratch on some land. No. Yeah, no, it's but not much. <laughs> it's a couple on there who has like a house in the desert where they're mm-hmm. just in the middle of the desert chilling, mm-hmm. just out in the desert. I feel like I could be very hot hot and at peace (laughs) just in the desert with cacti sand even though I don't really like sand the double entendre of hotness I love it (laughs) and my little little Teva sandals just kicking it with two dachshunds like that is where I want to be the worst dog to have in the heat but I love my little (laughs) sausage I had to have the little ice packs on them at all times. <laughs> They're so low to the ground, they get so hot. Um, what do you think? I mean, I always toy with the idea of like a farm, but like, like you said, I'm not a bug person. <laughs> I'm also not like, I mean, I do like being outside, but like for short amounts. 
<laughs> I love planting like my, you know, flowers and plants on oh, my, nice. you know, thing. But, you know, I'm not like a daily, like we have to, you know, figure out the harvest that I don't know about that one, but you're not going to Stardew Valley. It? <laughs> oh, Stardew Valley. I haven't opened Stardew Valley in like a year. It's been too busy. And now I'm afraid I don't remember how to play anymore. I do love the the whole outdoor thing though. And I love how they have like so much like, like unfenced space. And they have that whole situation behind their house with like the, the river and all that. And I was like, oh, this is like, you have a lot of land. So I think something like that would be cool. But like maybe like an artist commune. Somewhere I could do art. Yes. Like little Wi-Fi access, all art. Um, <laughs> that would probably be the best thing. Um, somewhere I could walk around. I feel like that's that's important. <laughs> I like the montage that they have where Lily's learning how to collect the honey. And Rosaline is like, I think Rosaline is the person that gets the closest to May. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wish we I wish we had more time with them yeah I yeah. I overall I think that we should have had more time with Rosaline mm-hmm. because there's like little hints of like things like when June is saying that her and um Neil are gonna go to um I forget where they go with like the NAACP which they call the NAACP at that time, <laughs> um to go register people to vote and you see, like, Rosaline is like, oh, wait, 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 what's going on? Exactly. Wanna... Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, we're not going to, we have the resolution later, obviously. But I was like, we're not going to see her journey to to that, like, thing that she wanted in the beginning. Because, yeah. too, she also says, like, I don't know, she can see her trying to, like, fit in with them more because they're mm-hmm. kind of, like, um, you get the sense that they're more educated and um unfortunately Lily says they're so cultured which I was like oh girl yeah <laughs> and again they they try to soften the blow of it again they try to soften the blow of what she said by her uh by her going like well that's not what I'm saying after Ro- Rosalie's uh, <laughs> had made the comment of like of like oh you only know the dumb and ignorant ones um yeah. like and, and again in the book it's so much worse <laughs> oh god <laughs> Um, and, and and the and the comments Lily makes about Rosaline in the in the book is make it does not make me comfortable either. Yeah, um, I was gonna say when they when they were like doing the whole like hitchhiking and sleeping in the woods thing, I was like, this feels so like like Huckle not Huckleberry Finn. Is it Huckleberry Finn? <laughs> is it Tom Sawyer? One of those. I can't remember which one is it's, the, the it's one. Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, yeah, we had to read that in school, and I was like, mm, I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> To them on that damn raft. <laughs> in the book, there's like a, again, like the like the comment I made earlier about about like, is this what Lily, a young white girl in the '60s, is actually processing, or is this Sumat kid wanting to fetishize black women? There's this whole thing about like where she describes Ro- Rose Rosaline ba- bathing in the in the lake naked, and like and and Lily think thinking about like. Uh, like the droplets on her like resembling milk because she wants a mother or whatever and it's and it's like I'm so uncomfortable oh my like, god <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean she's from a small town in Georgia oh she real deep in Georgia it's like south south Georgia I was hoping it's gonna be a little bit close to Atlanta but it's not <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a town of 6,000 people 
Oh, Sylvester. Yeah, Sylvester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this might be a little bit closer to to real life than than we hoped. <laughs> and she went to Texas Christian, which is in Fort Worth. Um, so yeah, that's odd. That's really odd. That little <laughs> that thing about the milk. I mean, she's definitely looking for a mother. Um, but I don't know. Just the way she's going about it, like bless her. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you spoiling, you spoiling the magic. <laughs> I know you're the protagonist, but you're making it. No, I don't like how you're you coming in here and and ruining things. <laughs> <laughs> and um. So I, I think too, we didn't talk about the, what is it? The Daughters of Mary? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. They have yep. this group where that comes to the Boatwright house. It's kind of like church, but it's all women and, and Zach. <laughs> and um, they worship around, I don't know if they worship the Madonna or they just kind of have their, it's almost like Bible study, but like it's not mm -hmm. Bible study but yeah. they have like a women's thing but we don't really see them like doing the actual like religious part so I don't know like do they describe this in the book they do describe it in the book yeah okay. um they because they essentially talk about how the the boat rights were uh were raised by a catholic mom um and there's and and there, she could. They grew up with books with different art, artistic images of the Madonna, including uh, black and brown ones. Mm -hmm. And like, so, how much more context would help? Um, <laughs> like, just or like, even if like, even even you don't even have to say anything. Just like show an image of the book that was mentioned in the book, even about like why why they center Mary and why they center this like. Like is they said it was from a from a ship, like uh, that's that's supposed to like res resemble resemble Mary and but. yeah. Um, so I was like, I did a little bit of like small backstory on the Black Madonna because it's kind of one of those things where there's not uh, an agreed sort of answer on where these come from or like why they've been produced or how they've been produced um so in the movie it's like a life-size statue um where it's like a woman with like her fist out and they I guess August says that it was found during the days of slavery and the slaves assume that it was like kind of like a miracle um that was like there to like guide them and give them strength um but like in the context of like the art world, it's basically, it's just the Virgin Mary and baby Jesus, but they have been depicted with darker skin. So there's a lot of like, I guess, conflicting kind of ideas of like how these artworks came to be because there's about four to 500 of them, sorry, 400 to 500 of them in existence, mostly found in like Southern France, but also like in parts of Africa and Sweden and Chile and Missouri and Brazil, like they're all over the place. Um, but they're kind of like in like the Byzantine style of art, which is like, I don't know if anybody listening is like into art, <laughs> but it's like kind of the old, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very like a specific sort of like look um with like her with like the kind of 
head wrapping over her and she's holding the baby and they're kind of looking a little kind of like they're not happy they're looking kind of demure and um you know there's like wood carvings but there's also paintings so like with the painting sometimes they're like yeah this one's probably dirty <laughs> like it's from like smoke or set from like prayer candles but then like you have the wood which is actually like dark wood so then you can't like like how do you explain why you pick dark wood and you know was this something that was depicting the actual people in like you know parts of Africa did they pick this to depict the people that were worshiping her or did they pick this for some other reason um but like this black Madonna they have in the movie doesn't look like Madonna <laughs> to me right. kind of reminds me like Harriet Tubman I don't know. It didn't feel very like traditional, like religious with like the halo and all that. It right. Feel, yeah. It didn't feel Catholic <laughs> at all to me <laughs> or any sort of like Orthodox religion. That was the way I was thinking for like very, it's like an Orthodox style of design. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that they had this like life-size thing in their house. Like, I don't even know if they even went to another church or this is like their yeah, church. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's their church. Yeah. 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 So I thought, <laughs> so August is both beekeeper and mother and, and preacher. <laughs> Brittany, how did you like this scene? What did you think about this scene? Um, I actually really enjoy this scene. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. kind of expanded their community a little bit more um, beyond like, the house and you got a closer glimpse into who they were mm-hmm. and also the story like I, I was really curious about the honey um the honey itself was interesting to me because this is a black product and when we first meet it it is in a white general store yeah and that is it didn't it was odd to me because yeah and this particular part, like in this particular part of the world, this particular time in history, it doesn't seem like this kind of store would be selling this kind of product. And they know exactly who it comes from because they were able to guide Lily and Rosaline to the house where the, the product was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning like the backstory about why it's called Black Banana Honey and seeing like the focus of it kind of intrigued me a little bit more and help me learn more about the characters which I liked and also you meet um Zach's mom and Zach and their community they have their own community because you they're separate from the rest of the town and Mm -hmm. even though they are part of the community they're not really really a part of the community in a traditional sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and we don't even see their husbands or anything either which I enjoyed <laughs> Zach is like the only I think Zach and Neil and which Neil's not really in the movie so like yeah. he's like, <laughs> but like um and like T-Ray I feel like those are the only like male main characters I mean you have some other like side characters here and there but like those are the main ones and um I mean Zach is pretty chill like he doesn't have weird I mean I feel like he's one of the more normal ones <laughs> between the three male leads like I feel like he's the most normal because Neil and and June like oh gosh it gets bad um and then T-Ray is just like abusive and terrible so I thought it was interesting like I wonder if 
if I mean, I don't know. Single mothers weren't really like a thing. Were they a thing like that? Like, I think it would be. I feel like you would. If like something happened and you were like a single mother, you would get remarried in 1964. Am I like? <laughs> no way. I'm sorry. I because I don't know why I'm I'm laughing so hard. It's like because because it, because it's like I'm sure sing, single moms ex- exist mm-hmm. existed during during that time. Yeah. I guess that, that's why I'm laughing. It's just a matter of like yeah, because of like how how much more vocal like traditional societal roles were. So I see where the question is coming. Yeah, from. Yeah, like I'm, I'm wondering. Like, yeah, like it's because yeah. it seems like there's not really like even when like and later when Zach goes missing, like you don't see his dad. His mom brings him back. Yeah, the like police. she's the one over there. Like we haven't found him yet, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess he, like is this like a, this is more like a matriarchal society where it's mostly like a woman. Like I mean, obviously there's other things happening outside. Like once you you know talk about June and her activism, like obviously there's mm-hmm. more happening outside of their space, but mm-hmm. in their like little bubble, like this is all women. Like this is all like a women's thing. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting that there's like, it's really only one boy who comes around. There's nobody else really. Um but yeah, I mean Lily kind of has this weird moment where she starts getting visions of what happened to her mother and June's like <laughs> June is like don't you dare touch that yeah, statue. Yeah. <laughs> She stops mm-hmm. playing and she's like, what are you doing? And I don't, I don't blame her at all. Yeah. Cause she's about to touch it. I'm like, wait, well, again, you touching stuff. Why are you touching stuff, child? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after this too, I know there's an interesting quote where, uh, I think this is like the day after maybe, um, Lily asked May to do her hair and June is like, hmm, isn't ironic. <laughs> How white people hate us so much when so many of them have been raised by black women, which is like a call to something that we learn later about August. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was not, she just hates Lily. So <laughs> it's like thinly veiled contempt of Lily. Like May's like, yeah, sure, I'll do your hair. Like she's not really bothered by it. But um, so after this is kind of when everything starts to fall apart because June and Neil. Like my God, that argument, June like refuses to marry um, him, and then he calls her a bitch, a selfish bitch. It's it's a direct line from the book, and also in the commentary, like uh, the, <laughs> the the she she was all she was all like, oh, you know, during rehearsals he refused to say the B word. He didn't say it until on set. And I'm like, I don't give up. I don't care. I mean, she eventually takes him back, but <laughs> um, Brittany, I know you were talking to me about this before we started rolling, and I know yeah. you were not into it. No, like it, like this is something that came out of nowhere. Like I understand being done with someone. I like I understand why yeah. you would yeah. be upset because he has proposed to her apparently countless times over the years. I, he could propose to her every day for 365 days <laughs> and she said no. Yeah. But at the same time, if this is someone you really, really want to marry, you know everything about them, like you know where she stands politically, you know where she stands personally, you know everything about her in your anger, why would you call her a bitch? Right. Like, 
why would you do that if you love her? Like, no, that's unacceptable. It mm-hmm. feels um very love and basketball. <laughs> it feels very love mm-hmm. and basketball-ish. I'm like, oh, he just dunked on you again, girl. <laughs> you just pack up your stuff, just be like, all right, let me grab my hat and I'm out. And then you just drive off into the sunset. Like yeah. if, now what you say in the car is your business. Um, but <laughs> don't don't do that. Like don't. Yeah, I I ugh, I which like I already like I'm already watching like Nate Parker. That's the only thing I've ever think I've seen Nate Parker in, so I don't really have any other reason to watch anything with him in it. Um which I think I forgot he was in this until he, like he was I, also he was also in Beyond the Lights. Beyond the which Light. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that before all that happened. And I was like, okay, well, that was a nice watch. I don't think we're going to be clicking that again. But okay, good for you, everybody who was involved. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is like, because they were so, they're like very childlike. Not childlike, but like it makes June feels a little less like severe, like when she's mm-hmm. with him. So yeah. for him to just sit there and like flip the switch on her and call her a selfish bitch, I was like, where is what happened to the original plot of the movie like i don't understand right. where, to, where do we go where to, to quote dr umar what happened to the original plot of the movie like where did you suddenly go left and for what reason right especially when it's like she ends up taking her back and i was like he ain't gonna say sorry <laughs> I, mean, I like how she kicked him out because she's like don't ever come back here again and she throws like rocks and shit at his car <laughs> Which is, I mean, proper response because she looked at him like, excuse you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that that relationship is a little bit, that one's a little bit odd. Um, and then Lily develops a crush on Zach, who we've described. Um, I guess he's August's godson. Godson. And he sometimes works for her. So he explains how explains to her a lot about the process of making honey which i thought was kind of cool where they had like the mm-hmm. little thing when they turned the hunt the thing or whatever and then the honey mm-hmm. came out of the little spout thought that was really cool you know i know beekeeping is not no you know no easy hobby or whatever but i was like oh this looks kind of fun okay let's see what's going on and um i think this is the scene well first of all lily and them are talking and she assumes he wants to be like a professional football player uh-huh and he's like yeah no i want to be a lawyer and she's yeah. like basically her response is like negroes can be lawyers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and he he looks at her like yeah i want to be a lawyer like they're good marshall have you ever heard of him and she's like no, no. <laughs> like girl wake up <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> That's so crazy that you could just when they talk about like two Americas or whatever. I'm like, I know everything about y'all, but y'all don't know anything about us. You don't know about their good Marshall. You don't know this is possible. Like my mom was just telling me um, some like family history stuff not too long ago where she was talking about how part of our family, like there's like basically we just come from a line of doctors and that was just like in like the mid 1900s and it's possible maybe that where you can see <laughs> they might not be treating you but right. like it is possible and it's just like how can you be so <sighs> it's so weird how their culture allows them to be so insulated yeah in like, the book the boat rides dad was a dentist 
it would have blew her mind. <laughs> She's been like, what on earth is happening? That can happen. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, Lily, no, girl, it's not good. <laughs> but he wants to be a, he wants to be a, a lawyer. He um, actually goes to like a white lawyer's office a lot and he gives him like law books that he can read and so he's like very serious about this um but they're like getting closer and then one day they decide to go to the movies I think it's his idea to go to the movies to go see some surf movie (laughs) and like they they go together they pay separately and they enter separately because she's got the white entrance and he's got the colored entrance um and but he ends up no, okay. She ends up in the colored section with him. Mm-hmm. First, I thought it was yeah. the other way around, and I was like, "Wait, that's not. I don't know how possible that would be." <laughs> and then everybody looking at them like, "What are y'all doing? What are we doing over here? You think this is a good idea?" And sure enough, he, uh, I I don't know who this is. It's not the owner. It could just be anybody. Right. Like everybody's the damn police. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everybody's the damn police. And he just comes in and grabs him and's like, you're getting out of here and calls her a nigger lover. And and Zach is gone. I was like, Yeah, they abduct him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is a real thing. It is still happening today. <laughs> Any yeah. white person can just be like, Well, I'm the police now. And you're all gonna have to listen to me. And there's nothing they can do. Put your hand on, on, on your hips. I know that it's a, it's a podcast and no one can see. It's just like, that made me laugh. Like, it's very sheriffy. It's very sheriff Woody. Like I'm the, I'm the police now. I'm the captain now. It's like, okay. <laughs> We're all just supposed to go along with that. Like you just be law and order all at any point in time. Yeah. If you feel the need to be. Um, right. And yeah, the boat rights can't do anything about it. Like the cops won't tell him like won't tell them like what happened mm-hmm. or like who took and he's like defensive about it <laughs> like you know what happened and you don't want to it's like gaslighting like mm-hmm. I don't know what happened of course <laughs> I'm just the police responsible for knowing lots of things about this town and keeping it together and I don't know anything that's happening in my town mm-hmm. yeah I have no idea this crime <laughs> that occurred in broad daylight mm-hmm. in front of several witnesses right I, I, have, I have no idea yeah and you better not ask me no fucking questions about it either <laughs> <laughs> it really just was starting to get like really intimidating and i'm just like so we can't know anything we can't do anything we can't help anybody and 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 the lawyer actually like enlists like he offers his services to them be like I can help which I think I don't know what his name was but like thankful they were the one like mm-hmm. you know person who's not <laughs> on the wrong side of history I guess mm-hmm. but um this is like when they try to keep this from May because they're just like they just all agree like it's just gonna be too much for her um, but she finds out anyway, like on accident from Zach's mother, because I guess Zach's mother didn't know that she didn't know. And she just like, I don't know. It's kind of like she, it all hits her. Yeah, yeah, it all hits her. And then she kind of just like, okay, well, I'm going, I'm going to go to the wall. And then they're like, okay, like, we're going to like, let you have your time. And then she doesn't come back. 
and they go outside and they go look for her and they find her um because she's drowned herself in a river behind their house and oh my god queen latifah's performance here i was like oh god Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like this is this is grief i was like oh we actually acting right now because she was she mm-hmm. was distraught like both of them because yeah. she's just kind of like why would you do that like why did you do that and yeah. it's kind of like something you would say like if you lose somebody like why would you yeah. you know why would you go through that mm-hmm. why would you do that to yourself but also to me kind of yeah. um so I guess like how does everybody feel about this scene I know it's a heavy scene I because like I remember talking to a friend about about this uh, about this movie about this scene and how and how they were like it is such a sad scene and at the same time this is this is the first time i've i've seen a, mo- a movie where 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 a black where black people in suicide is being addressed um so that's so that so that hits a lot as far as the complexities of it um and in the in the commentary they had they had explained that like it was it was very it was very cold when they were filming that and they ended up doing it all in in one in one take and they and they were and they were like we can't put you through that again but also at the same time like good lord did the shot get through <laughs> please tell me the shot got through mm-hmm. um and and they're and they're like and then the editor was was like okay we got we got lucky the shot the shots went through everything's fine um and like just makes me think a lot about like because the these days there are more filmmakers being responsible about like here are therapists on site and here are resources and like that was before that was available and like there are more films now uh offering like suicide form lines and the end credits or whatever and it's before that time too mm-hmm. and like it makes me think think a lot about like like what what the actors are processing and what they probably didn't get the chance to process um and and also grateful to know that like because because usually with scenes like that they go through multiple multiple takes and it's like that ought to be heavy but it's nice to know that they only did in one take um and like it it's so it's so much and Mm -hmm. and it's um and and every and everything felt real about it. So when reading film reviews, when whenever that whenever folks are all like, I give this a low rating because it's too emotional because of because like because to most cis white men, it's it's like it's like any movie with with emotions and melancholy equates bad movie. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, and just just the. And and I do love the mo- the movie's approach better to this scene more so than the book, and also the things coming up after it too. Like there's some there's some other co- context in the in the in the book that that's that's all that's all like oh you could have you could have shown this in the movie, but at the same time the movie overall did a better job, especially when it comes to the suicide note after. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the book, they have everyone read it and i'm like why would you do that this is the most unrealistic thing to me why would you do that and then in the movie they just make it between the two sisters and it's like that makes perfect sense to me mm-hmm. um yeah pretty how you feel um this scene like w- when i was mentioning earlier i you know I, this is my first time watching i had no idea what would what was 
like going to happen. Um, and watching it, 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 it gutted me. Mm-hmm. Like the grief, like the grief, the grief on Queen Latifah's face, like the whole yeah. scene just gutted me. Cause it just, you, you felt family, that's family grieving. Mm-hmm. It, it felt real and it, it hurt. Like it hurt. I was yeah. in there like misty eyed and I tell mm-hmm. Ashley all the time, I like, it's hard to make me cry about most things. Yeah. Um, but I was just sitting there and I was just taking it all in, just watching it un, like unfold and it hurt, it hit deep. Mm-hmm. Um, for this family, for this community. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like later on, when we have like the reveal of like the note, it's like, okay, like this gives more context. And I, mm-hmm. I, under, I understand, like I, mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. And I think too, I think this most striking thing is like August seems to be the most like level headed. Like she doesn't get angry yeah. and she's not exactly. really like super. You know, like she just feels like even a lot of times, mm-hmm. but right. this time she's like the loudest and she's this like the screamer, like she's yelling mm-hmm. and she's crying and June can just, yeah. just be there for her. And um, I don't know what happened to Rosaline, but like I know Lily's kind of like sick, like physically sick over it. And so it's like a lot. It's a lot. I think it's probably the strongest scene out of all of the like, the yeah. whole movie, um, just from like the actor's and how they kind of took this because like I know that's a lot like <laughs> we've seen mm-hmm. it now I think a lot more about like stories about actors that have been like too affected by the roles mm-hmm. that yeah. they had to play and yeah. luckily they're starting to wise up hopefully that continues <laughs> um mm-hmm. in like you know the coming projects um but yeah I thought that was like probably the most like affecting scene for sure um, and then like of course we get her note which I don't think I got the whole note but I did get like the part where she says I'm tired of carrying the weight of the world I'm just gonna lay it down now um, it's my time to die and it's your turn to live don't fuck it up don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> which I think like a lot of people can like relate to I'm just like I'm tired I am exhausted mm-hmm. like this is too much for me this is the, the this is the solution I have found like you don't have to honor this solution or you don't have to you know do the same thing but like I just need this like I have to put all this down it's like you're kind of laying your burdens down type (laughs) type thing but I also thought it was funny when she said don't fuck it up now (laughs) (laughs) gonna continue this life like do some good out here (laughs) (laughs) um and they have Lily's or sorry they have May's funeral which I don't know understand why lily was in white because she's the youngest all the children uh, wear white okay that makes sense because i was just like (laughs) i was like we can already tell she's there just felt like it was like (laughs) unnecessary spotlight on dakota fanning and i was like wait why are we emphasizing (laughs) her there like why are we doing this um but that makes sense that makes more sense because i was like come on now like we get it she's here we know she's here <laughs> you're like how obvious can you be? yeah and I was like who wears white <laughs> it's like, I've never seen somebody wear white that's crazy. I mean like I know other cultures in the world like white is usually like a like a symbol of death or whatever is so, like people don't wear like white to weddings and things but 
So I'm like, wait, wait, okay. But now that makes sense. That makes more sense. Um, so Lily's super upset. She blames herself um, and she plans to leave. And then August finally tells her the truth that August was her mother's mother. Mother, that's, yeah. Essentially, that's who raised her mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, this goes back to June's like quote of being like, isn't it odd how we keep raising these white people? <laughs> Not into it. <laughs> we keep on raising them. <laughs> and um, she, August was the person who took care of her mother when she ran away from T-Ray. Um, but she did leave Lily behind, which Lily's like pissed off about that. But I was like, I mean, you're a teenager. You don't know. Like, it's really hard for women to, especially back then. It's hard now. People yeah. always say like, oh, why didn't you leave? I'm like, girl, it's either you or yeah. your life. Like, it's your kids. It's your life. Like, I, it's mm-hmm. hard. So mm-hmm. to leave your husband back in 1954? This Wait, is uh, 10 years before? Because she was a baby. So no. earlier than in the yeah. 50s <laughs> to leave your husband? Yeah. Like, that is a big, big, like step and also yeah. talks I guess speaks to like how bad things must have been for mm-hmm. her to like I gotta get out of here and I gotta go and I leave my baby behind and Bobby come get her because mm-hmm. most people were not leaving their husbands back in 1954 right. right so um but Lily doesn't really understand the context of this unfortunately because she's a baby and um She's just like, she never loved me. And I was like, no, baby. <laughs> That's not what she's saying to you. Right. <laughs> it's like she loves you so much. Like she loves like she you came so back much. for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like August is like, girl, like she brings her a bunch of like, things that she had because she was still calling August. Like her mother was calling August and saying, like, you know, this is what the baby did today. She walked mm-hmm. today. Um, she talked, like. You know, she's keeping her in the loop, like like a yeah. family member, like you would do a family member, even though I feel a little iffy about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> With stuff like I, we haven't talked about Roma on this show. But I feel like that's the one where I'm always kind of like, ooh, where it's like a story about loving your housekeeper. And I'm like, mm. no, I don't know about that mm. one. It's a yeah. lot odd. Like, especially mm-hmm. too, for her, that's the only person she could come to. Like she couldn't even go to her own parents if they were still alive. It's a lot going on with Lily's mother. Um, yeah, I think I think I think in the book they had explained that her parents had died. I okay. think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, August is, I guess, her only family. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lily just did not care about the context about about like about like <laughs> hey she she was depressed and she was like it's <laughs> and it's just like. She was depressed, honey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I had to keep attributing everything to age. I'm like, okay. <sighs> now, if you're 25, we'd have to have a discussion. But like, you're, <laughs> you are, you're 14. You go ahead and learn this lesson. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, things eventually start to like work themselves out, I guess. Like, June ends up getting engaged, even though this man don't have, I don't know how he was asking her to get married. He didn't have the ring. So I don't know how prepared he really was to make this a reality, to lock this it's down. The, it's the thought that counts. Like in the book, uh, he asked her to to marry him while while they're all 
cooking for 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 like a for for like a ma- for like a merry day a re- religious holiday he at, he asked her merry while, while they're while they're all cooking while she's clearly busy but then she's like you know what okay we're we're gonna get married he's like hooray let's go get a ring she's like oh but I gotta help and they're like go get your get your ring girl just go leave um, <laughs> and so 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 I so in, the, so in the movie where she's like what did you have one <laughs> I just. Mm. Well, I just figured, you know, after asking her so many times that maybe right. he would have one stashed away. Unless he just was like, oh, I'm just playing. Like, <laughs> like was he serious? Like, how serious was this proposal? But they end up going to get the ring and she's happy. And, and Rosaline ends up being kind of like welcomed into the family as like a permanent member. Um, because, first of all, she's just, she finally registers to vote. Um, and she is welcomed with a new name. They start to call her July. Mm-hmm. So she's officially a sister, a boat ride sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the most like, I don't want to say the scariest part, but definitely like, oh, I did not know we were going back to this is that T-Ray. <laughs> <laughs> T-Ray ends up fight, figuring out where Lily is by the map on her wall or whatever. And basically is like, I had no idea your mother was here this whole time. I looked everywhere for her, which I was like, oh, that lady was probably terrified. <laughs> her mother was probably terrified. And um, he has like some weird like memory thing where he's um, basically imagining like he's dragging her mother out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah. She definitely yeah. deleted your ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no joke. And um, he ends up admitting that her mother actually did come back for her and mm-hmm. that the whole time he's been angry this whole time because she wasn't coming back for him he was she was coming back for lily i like so you spend all this time you spent like 10 years taking it out on this this baby mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. grow up sir right <laughs> you taking it out on a child that your wife left you because you're abusive like what she's supposed to do just be a punching bag men are crazy men are crazy it always comes down to this at the end of many episodes of this podcast, but men are crazy. Like, I don't under, I don't understand. Um, but I also felt like there's a, I don't want to say a weird empathetic scene, but like Lily has a moment where she's like, I've always been thinking about how my mother leaving like affected me, but I didn't consider how it affected you. And I was like, this is the time for empathy right now. I don't know. How did everybody yeah. feel about that? <laughs> I can actually appreciate that as far as like holding some space for T Ray's hu- humanity. But of, but of course, but of course, at the at the same time, it, it's like it's like of course she had every right to leave you. You sucked. Um, yeah. But and is and at the same time, there's the part um, where like uh, where August had talked about like like when they were first uh, started dating and were married, like 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 she he like wor- worshipped her um mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. thing so so i can under so i can understand that as far as as far as like oh so there's the ache right there um mm. but that that does not excuse you being a, an abusive jerk um i like watching this scene i was like okay so we have established that she has grown up because that's an incredibly mature thing for a 14 year old to do to think about how her father felt in this moment and has felt for 10 years about mm-hmm. the loss of his wife and her mother, even though he does 
spend every day making his own daughter's life hell. <laughs> oh my he, God. He, he also experienced a loss. Like, yes, he is the driving force behind the loss, but he still experienced it. So for me, all I, all I kept thinking about in that moment, I said, Hmm. But at the same time, I was like, the, like, this is character growth. This is a sign of um, Lily growing up. She, she's, she's grown up over the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah. She was just so, so angry. She was so rightfully angry at her dad from keeping like, for treating her the way he did also keeping every every little every single detail about her mom a, a mystery and a secret like you won't do my, does my mama like peanut butter like you won't even share stuff like that with your own daughter yeah so yeah i was I like okay i i i good job babe girl <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> if it didn't help show that she was growing up i'd be like what are we doing here but that's a good observation because I was like we don't need to give him anymore because I don't know I don't know how this relationship really started like we only get an August's side <laughs> it might have been a love bombing situation we don't know like I am firmly anti-t-ray so I'm right. sorry that you had a terrible time but maybe yeah. you should have considered that <laughs> when you started yanking your wife around like a crazy person but right. he ends up leaving Lily with the boat rides like they said that they'll put her through school and they'll take care of her and you know they were teaching her the business um the beekeeping business so kind of leaving the door open for her to become a beekeeper maybe for Black Madonna honey maybe for like in her own right even I know like her dream is to write but um they're just giving her kind of that out from him which he's like okay like you can mm-hmm. stay with them. Um, oh, not just you can stay with yeah, them. Yeah, he's like, it's a good, good riddance. riddance. Is that what he said? I didn't realize. Yes, that's what he, he said, yeah. good riddance. He was like, bye, this is done. Oh, God. Goodbye. See, see, the empathy Trash. is over. I forgot he said that. And that's why I was like, okay, she grew up because not only did he just leave saying you could say he was like I'm done with you. Like, you mean nothing to me, essentially. God, okay. And she was like, all right. I forget I I forgive you she may not forget <laughs> but I forgive of course yeah <laughs> that is so right see I forgot he said good riddance but yeah she does reference that um like a little bit later on I was like okay see then it's good then we didn't need you anymore T-Ray goodbye <laughs> goodbye forever um, but she ends up being taken in by the boat rights and she's raised by them and I did I mean as much as like her looking to them as mothers kind of is like kind of iffy sometimes I did like how sure. she said um she said that the, they are the moon shining over me and I was like mm-hmm. me my feelings of the moon my homegirl my sister the moon yeah <laughs> love the moon shout out to her um I thought that was very beautiful of her to say because she even considers like Rosaline to be a mom now mm-hmm. um, yeah Thru- throughout the entire film she like like she refers to the boat rights as like miss august miss june miss may uh but does not refer to rosaline as miss until the like oh i've registered to vote she she goes i love you miss rosaline i'm like oh, okay <laughs> took a voting rights <laughs> act to get you to respect her <laughs> like, as a person right. my goodness okay you know sometimes the journey is bumpy but we got there <laughs> 
I didn't realize she did that. I knew she called them all miss. Um, mm-hmm. So even in her most annoying times, I was like, well, she still got her manners. So shout out to her. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought, oh God. <laughs> I really did like that line though. I thought that was very like, yes. You know, especially since like some people worship the moon. Like I just think it's really mm-hmm. nice. Um, and then she also talks about, um, I guess like she still continues to like worship the black Madonna with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, which at first I was like, did she say something about May spirit? Cause I feel odd about that. <laughs> and then I had to go back and be like, she's talking about the Virgin Mary. And she says something about like, um, she does not go into the sky, but further inside of me. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, kind of like mm-hmm. absorbing this, this religion and feeling more a part of this community that she's, you know, kind of been accepted into. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah. I had to kind of rewind it a couple times. I was like, did you say May? <laughs> Are you absorbing May spirit? And I was like, I don't know about that one, friend. But I did like that part, especially. I like the these ending lines, I think, the most Yeah. out of all of them. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, how are we all feeling? What are we, what are we feeling about it? So like, this is my first watch of it um I I don't know how I exactly feel I'm kind of like on the fence on it still um it so it it just lacked a little bit more depth than I wanted like some of the characters weren't as fleshed out Mm -hmm. as I needed them to be they they felt real but they didn't feel real if Mm. that makes sense like yes these characters can and have will exist in the world but they just needed a little extra ump to make them feel feel more fleshed out they just needed something um but overall i I felt the movie was okay it's not a movie that i tend to grab like gravitate toward so i really Mm -hmm. like the opportunity to watch something that was out of my lane Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Maya? Uh, I'm, I'm, I just, yeah, I'm, I really appreciate that this is, this is y'all's first time watching it. So thanks. So thank you for watching it for the sake of this conversation. Um, I, I really, I really wish that more was done when it, more was done to show May and Rosaline's friend, friendship like and also and it's not even done enough in the book either quite frankly mm-hmm. um and I wish that was done more um and like and such bullshit around the producer going like we needed to make June a more accessible character it's like mm-hmm. and and it's like there's so much depth here as far as like her she had one sister die by suicide she starts playing music for people in funeral homes and people who are literally dying and and she's and she's scared to live her life and so connected to the dead and then it has to take another sister of hers to die by suicide again in order for it to click for her and it's like so much could have been done with that in this movie and it just wasn't there um and like um and 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 with all that being said like I, i i always have a connection to this to this movie um we i because i've watched i've watched it so so many times growing up and um and and again it's just been interesting revisiting this during a time where where like 
because I've written, I've been writing about suicide for for years. Um, it, it just it just didn't it just like it wasn't until like six years ago where I got where I finally got to start articulating it, and then going back to like the first rep repre- the first representative moments when it's come to like seeing seeing that or witnessing that and that and this movie being one of the first things with that um and yeah so so yeah i i love i love this movie and at the same time i wish it gave me more um and and at the same time i can appreciate how how made how may received better treatment in, in the movie than in the book right yeah um yeah i'm kind of on the same wavelength as Britney like this is probably not a movie that I would have grabbed like originally um especially like I feel like now that I'm it feels like so so not young I feel like because it's like Dakota Fanning's character that I was kind of like what am I gonna do with this 14 year old child <laughs> um that you know it's kind of not something I would look to um at first glance I guess but I did enjoy a lot of parts of this movie even though like some parts you know gave me pause and like we've said um I do think like more context was needed because like all that stuff about June um stuff about like um April and like how that would have given a little bit more like fullness to their characters and not just like June's just the bitchy sister. <laughs> right. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. why she's like this. And um I thought that would have helped a lot. Um, but I did enjoy this for the most part. I just feel like maybe when I was watching it, I was thinking like, oh, wouldn't this be like a different story entirely or something I would have gravitated to or more if this was like about a black girl finding her community and family right um Mm -hmm. and through these women that she's probably like you know that were different from her and I thought that would have been like a a little bit more of like a story for me and mine (laughs) um because like this kind of thing of like this white girl finding like more humanity and black people than other white people is like oh god okay okay we get it (laughs) oh my god you finally noticed that we're human beings how crazy is that and I wish that you know somebody had just made the story of like with a I mean you would lose a lot of the whole like power dynamics between Rosaline and and Lily and some of the other stuff that happened in the beginning but at the same time I think that would have been really interesting just kind of have that sort of coming of age story for like a young black girl um of course this is changing the book and everything but you know it's possible (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's very possible so that's kind of my main thing I do think that it's um it's good that they show this family not good but like it's interesting that they show this family going through this loss because I feel like as black people we still don't really talk about things like this like depression and suicide and if they're talked about it's kind of like attributed to like you know demons (laughs) like literal (laughs) demons and not just like personal metaphorical demons and just pray it away and all that and so I thought that was really um good to not I keep saying good but like (laughs) it's something that I feel like probably needs to be explored more because I Mm -hmm. I hate the idea that mental health is 
only like a white people's problem right. um, because that lets things slip through the cracks as far as um, things that we're dealing with as black people, like as a culture, but also as individuals um because like I'm sorry like we just can't all be strong all the time <laughs> right it's just not possible there's just too much like yeah I definitely think back to especially like when Ferguson I think first popped off I was just like bombarded with so much stuff all the time yeah. and I was just like I can't <laughs> yeah I was like I just feel like I'm curling in on myself and um and there wasn't really like a lot of talk about kind of like what that does to us. I think now there's more discussion mm-hmm. about like what racism does to us and how it kind of like fucks with our brains and, mm-hmm. and white supremacy overall. But I feel like stuff like this, this depiction is important because there just isn't that level of discussion like outwardly, like vocally because you know so many people still do go to church and they get their community from the church and sure. are pastors talking about that <laughs> no no <laughs> or they're framing it as like a, a you know a ghastly sin and, and not something that people struggle with um so I think that's I think in that context this movie is important I just wish yeah. there was just like a little bit the story was handled a little bit better exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and and like kind of like what you were saying, also Ashley. A lot of this was handled in a way without judgment. Like no Mm -hmm. judgment was passed on anyone in telling their story, Mm -hmm. and that's not something that you see often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she's not depicted as a bad person, and Mm -hmm. and August tells like several people like this is not your fault. Like she wouldn't want you to blame yourself. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important too. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like, you know, with some tweaks, with some changes, <laughs> this would be definitely like a, a, a something that I would hold close. But um, but yeah, I would like to ask too, if anybody has any recommendations, companion pieces, alternative watches. This is always a good question y'all ask at the end of each episode too. So I don't know why. I completely it's blanked okay. on this in preparation for this. It's okay. I host the show and I never have one either. <laughs> um, I I have a book to recommend. I don't okay. really okay. Uh, in the Pockets of Small Gods by Anis Mojgani. Um, he's a he's a black Iranian poet. Um, and he and it's a beautiful poetry collection about grieving someone. Um post-divorce as well as grieving someone who who had died by suicide and navigating your own suicidal ideation amidst said grief mm-hmm. um so i'll so recommend that okay I, I don't think we've ever done a have we done a book before i don't think we've done a book before uh, uh, we i believe we have you know sure. it's we, we yeah <laughs> um that's a good one my recommendation was The Woman King. I just watched this not too long ago, um, which I feel like it's a little bit closer to maybe what I wanted this story to be. I mean, there's still some um, things I liked and didn't like about it, um, especially like towards the end. I was like, I don't know about where the story's going, but um, I thought it was like a really interesting movie about a girl that kind of gets accepted into this community of women um, that you know it kind of gets her to like she finds like new 
parents, I guess, or new mother. I mean, she, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, <laughs> there are some mothers there that she finds, but um, I just thought that was a really like really well done movie. I wasn't expecting to like it that much, but it was pretty good. And I think this is probably a little bit more than like what I was looking for in this movie, which is kind of like a more of an, an all black situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brittany, what did you think? What, I mean, like what, what, do you have any recommendations? I surprisingly don't have a recommendation this episode. Oh, you um, don't? No. What? I know, it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I usually have something really up, but I don't have one this episode. What? Okay. You've been holding it down for five years, Brittany. I'm surprised. No, I'm slipping. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, but Maya, first, I want to thank you for uh, spending this time with us, um, talking about the secret life of bees with us. Um, you do have your poetry collection, Judas and Suicide, coming out. So what would you like to leave your readers with after reading? Uh, what what do I want my what do I want the readers to take away? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want I want them to take away like the the desire for conversation because um, I do believe that po- that poetry is a great space for it, and I don't want like I don't want people to feel like they can't ask questions. I can't ask questions because because my hope is that is is that the poems are not are not giving definitive answers when it comes to navigating men, men, uh, mental illness or navigating suicidal ideation or suicide in general. Um, I do want readers to to walk away going uh, being able to talk about why being alive is so fucking hard <laughs> and I like and why it is like set your sadness does not equate with with something e- evil or sinister or anything with maliciousness or ill intentions mm-hmm. um and so so i guess that that in itself is a definitive answer but like, <laughs> uh, as far as other other things uh, other things in the collection like i don't yeah folks are not required to give a definitive answer of where they are mentally um and 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 also having space for 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 patience with yourself and having grace for yourself. Um, so I know that that's still an ongoing thing I'm personally working through. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to more more people's feedback. And I really appreciate y'all for reading it as well as um, making space for this conversation about this about this movie. And yeah, y'all yeah. are awesome. <laughs> oh thank you yeah oh. we're so happy to let you reached out and that you came on the show um just wanted to I guess give you a chance to like let people know where they can find you yes I can be found um at mdub16 so emmdubb 16 on Instagram and Twitter um I have a website uh myawilliamspoet.com um and I'm going I'm I'm going on a book tour mm. what uh, that's interesting um, <laughs> and more information for that can be found on the the if the the social media handles and website I just provided okay okay yeah yeah everybody go out go um go see Maya on her tour if you can go pick up Judas and Suicide where can people pick up this book online bookstores yeah Yep, pick it up online via uh, via Game Over Books, uh, or you can ask your uh, your your local in- independent bookstore to order it. 
Yes, everybody shop independent, please. <laughs> Let's not lie anymore of Jeff Bezos' many, many pockets or <laughs> bulletproof vests or whatever he's got going on. <laughs> um, so as always, you can find us still on Twitter um, until that breaks at BLK Girl Film Club. We're Black Girl Film Club on Instagram. Come hang out with us there. Um, you can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com, blackgirlfilmclub.com. You know, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the hits, like, rate, subscribe, all that. Um, what else, Brittany? You have anything else for them, for the people? We have um, a Discord coming together. Going to do some fun things there over the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about. So be on the lookout for that. Ma- Maya, I think you're the first person to know this outside of yeah. <laughs> us two. <laughs> Exclusive info. So that's coming soon. We'll provide the link for that once that's finally up and running. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you again to Maya Williams for being here. Uh, you can get her book, Judas and Suicide, uh, starting May 23rd. And by the time this episode drops, I think it will already be out. So you guys go pick that up um, and leave her some nice comments and reviews. Thank you again so much for being here. And thank you for watching this movie with us. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Everybody wave goodbye. Even though it's a pod. <laughs> <laughs>